to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Well, here's Church One Body, week four. Four weeks. Our hope for this series, for your wonderful people, is that we would be encouraged and empowered as his church, many parts, one body, that we would understand the power of being connected to Christ as our head and each other, to be reminded of the value that each member has for the benefit of others, and then to be able to see and take that next step, our next step towards greater unity in the body. Week one. We introduced you to Bernie the Skeleton. We talked about the power of unity in diversity, one body, many parts. People joined groups for semester two in week one. Week two, Pastor Ryan Waters from Mumbai was here and he shared about the power of gospel reality, the gospel reality of creation, fall, redemption, renewal and restoration coming fully alive in the unity within the body. Week three, last week, we we did a demonstration. My wife, Karen, was incredible in leading that demonstration of how each member of the body can play its part to help someone on their discipleship journey. We encourage you to head to the Purpose Circles on the website to check out what your spiritual gifts are, to see where you could use those for the benefit of the body. We had coffee, hot chocolates, discussion and a time of reflective prayer. And now we're in week four, the final week. And I'm taking a risk right now, the risk of totally confusing all of us. Our nice, neat, ordered picture of His church as a body. I'm going to introduce a brand new analogy. (laughs) I understand this is fraught with danger. It goes against classical preaching and academic writing techniques. You don't bring a new idea in towards the end of a sermon series or an essay. That's wild. We're just going to be a bit wild today. I really believe I'm such a rebel. So not a rebel. I really believe that there's an important overlap here between The church is the body and the church as this other analogy. I'm just going to let the suspense build. They give us further understanding and can give us greater intentionality to make our time, our efforts, our gifts, our calling count. Count for the benefit of the church community that we belong to. And this new analogy, it's seeded. In verse 5 of Romans chapter 12, where Paul writes that you and I, we are individually members of one another. That you and I, as His church, we belong to each other. Now that's wild. That's a bit radical, isn't it? Some might say that, see, that's a little bit extreme. I mean, isn't it enough that we come to a building together on, a, on the same day? That we sit in the same room that we agree with some of the stuff that's being said from the stage. 
But some of us use our gifts for the benefit of others and then we smile and wave as we leave the building. Isn't that enough? Well, obviously it's not enough to Paul. (laughs) There's a real important functional aspect of the church as the body that focuses on gifts and working together. But there are other dimensions to what the church is, to who you and I are. And Paul talks about this a little later in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honour. Another translation writes, love deeply as brothers and sisters. In a letter to Timothy, a young pastor and his spiritual son, Paul writes in 1 Timothy 5, 1 to 2, Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. Younger men as brothers, older men as mothers, older women as mothers. We're not going there. And with all propriety, the younger women as sisters. Paul is asking Timothy here to love and honour all generations, to strongly encourage, to spur on, as opposed to rebuke, belittle, snub, put down and criticise. And he asked Timothy to do this not as colleagues or as, as members of a club, but as a family. The church is not only to be viewed as the body, his body, but the church is to be viewed as a family. We are family. And whilst the analogy of the body highlights the functional aspect of the church, this analogy as the church's family highlights the relational aspect of the church with a focus on discipleship, on you and I growing holistically together. And for some of us, the analogy of the church being family, it's challenging. It's painful. Maybe due to our own experience with our natural families. And there's maybe levels of dysfunction that have eroded trust in these relationships for us. Or there's been a significant absence in these areas. And the last thing that we want to do is to put ourselves in a position to be hurt or disappointed. Can I say today, we're so sorry. We're so sorry for what you've gone through, for what you've had to endure, for maybe what you were enduring at the moment. But as we sang that song today, I'm so convinced that in the presence of God, there is healing for our pain and our disappointment and our brokenness. There is healing that can come, deep, deep healing. I asked our Connect group on Wednesday what they loved about the church. And someone shared that the church community naturally fills gaps for people relationally where there's been a void. And this person, was, she was speaking from experience. Sometimes the very thing that we don't want or we haven't got is the very thing we need for relationships uh, that can bring restoration and that can bring flourishing. 
Now, some of us might respond to this analogy of the church's family with, my family is my family. What are you talking about? I don't know why I'm putting it. It's an Italian accent, maybe. I'm just thinking of Italians. I don't know. (laughs) My flesh and blood. They're my priority and everybody else is a distant second. I've heard myself say this. And there's an element where it's right. But there's so much more. Jesus himself challenges this view. He challenges his listeners at the time. He challenges the readers of the Gospel of Matthew today in chapter 12, verses 46 to 50. Matthew writes, He was still speaking to the crowds when suddenly his mother and brothers were standing outside waiting to speak to him. Someone told him, Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. But he replied to the one who told him, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? That sounds really callous, Jesus. And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, that person is my brother and my sister and my mother. And here Jesus is not diminishing the value of family, of intimate and growing relationships. He's expanding the vision of what family means for the people of God. His family and so too our family are those who do the will of the Father, those who are obedient followers of God. Now, I I don't know about you, but I feel like to be an obedient follower of God in this day and age is a challenge. What makes it possible? Well, I, I believe two things are critical. The first is the continued work of Holy Spirit to sanctify and transform us, to bring renewal on a daily basis as He fills us and empowers us. And I believe the power of the church, of being connected to the community of believers is pivotal that we're connected to a spiritual family. We're intentionally forging these relationships across the generations. And when we think about our immediate natural families, they're built around generations, right? We have the beautiful older generation, our grandparents and and parents, fathers and mothers who are older, mature, wise, have lived life. We also have and are siblings, brothers and sisters who represent a similar generation to us. And then we are and some of us have children, sons and daughters who represent the next generation coming up. And when the question, what do you love about the church, was asked in our group last week in, uh, in church when we were having our coffees, our hot chocolates, the most common answer that came back was, we love the multi-generational nature and focus of our church. That's powerful. That's powerful. Our church is filled with generations. Generations that are not supposed to try and, and, and fight to the top to be the best but generations who are supposed to undergird and serve the others. And today we want to give some time to pray for each generation represented in our church community. And so we're going to do this in two segments. I've asked the generational pastors of each generation if they'd want to come and pray and prophesy and 
impart God's presence upon their generation. And they all went, yippee, we'd love to be able to do that. And so right now, can we give a big hand to the Browns, the Hayes and the Stubbs, incredible pastors. Pastor Leanne and Barry oversee the 61 plus generation. And we have the incredible Pastor Genevieve and Derek Hayes who oversee 41 to 60 generation. And then the amazing (laughs) Pastor Danielle and Ryan Stubbs who oversee the 26 to 40 generation. And so, oh, they brought a crowd today, some fans. I think we need to do 61 plus. That wasn't loud enough. Come on, you guys. <laughs> we have the 61 plus pastors here. Hey. And so if you're 61 plus in, the, in that generation, why don't you stand to your feet as you are prayed for this morning? Yes, thank you. Come and join us. Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness and your unconditional love. We thank you for our, our 61 plus generation. Yeah. Father, we ask that you soften our hearts and give us a fresh conviction of the joy of our salvation in you. Restore the joy of our salvation and give us a willing spirit, Lord, a spirit of courage and wisdom, a fresh word for this season. Lord, that we're asking for an urgency to rise in us, to connect and cheer the younger generation on to be spiritual mothers and fathers, declaring Your Word in power and in truth. And Father, as You go before us, preparing the way for us to step out in faith and to restore relationships, Lord, to renew unity in families and declaring freedom that we have found in You. Father, with Your breath in our lungs, we're asking for more opportunities for us to come alongside and for us to use our freedom that we have in You, Jesus Christ, to build Your church in power and authority that we have in Jesus' Name. Amen. Before you sit down, thank you. Speaking on behalf of all the other generations. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. All right, 41 to 60s, let's stand. Let's open our hearts. Let's close our eyes. Hold our hands out. Mighty God, we thank you for this generation. Not young, but not yet old. A time in the middle in the middle of our families, in the middle of our careers and of our lives. Let us in these years of middle be so aware of you, Jesus. May we be intentional about placing you in the middle of our hearts and our lives and our families every day. May we position ourselves in you, in the middle of you, Lord Jesus. And as we do, may we put down deep roots in your love and be strengthened by you. We are so grateful for your hand in our lives so far. And we pray now with hope and faith and expectation that these years that we are in would be fruitful 
and flourishing. That these years would be a bridge between our old selves and our new selves, the past and the future, that we would hunger for more of you in our lives, that we would hunger, Lord. What we have left, sorry, where we have left you by the wayside, Lord, where we have gone a little lukewarm, we repent right now. Where we haven't placed you in our families, we repent. Where we've forgotten you in our work, we ask that you'd help us to restore that right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So today we say again, Jesus, we love you. We need you. Fill us today with your love, your perfect, empowering and strengthening love, your grace-filled, others-focused love. Fill us that we would remember our first love again. Lord, we pray for that love to cast out all of our fears, that we would not operate out of those, but we would operate out of your love. The fears for our future, fears for our children would go in the name of Jesus and that we would stand today in a place of knowing that you have a plan, that you have love and loving kindness for us and our families. May we be ones who seek out spiritual parents. May we be spiritual siblings to one another and cheer each other on. May we physically parent our children and see those, those spiritual children that you have for us to parent as well. Lord, bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, guess what I'm going to say? Thank you. Yes. Stay standing. You are the engine room. You provide the grit and the determination in this church. We have record percentages of your generation volunteering in our church. We have record percentages of your generation in groups this year. Well done. Thank you for continuing to engage and continuing to show the way for the generations to come. Well done. 26 to 40s. Would you like to stand up? This is the fun generation, right? (laughs) It's a tough, tough time and we need God, so let's pray together. Just hold out your hands before God. God, we just thank you so much for the blessings and the goodness that you have poured out in our lives. We are so grateful that you have placed people around us and that we are not alone that you, God, are a God of unity and you want that perfect unity with us and in our families. Today, we ask that we see you in every one of our relationships. Help us see who needs more of us in their worlds and who we need more of in our worlds. Protect our God-given relationships, Father. Help us to trust others who we can encourage and who can encourage and correct us, who have gone before us, who have more experience and knowledge than us. Let us humble ourselves before you, Lord. Help us to be open to change as we spur each other on. And God, help us have eyes today to see who we can help, who you want us to influence and walk closely with. I pray for friendships people who we get to do life with, who we get to have fun with. God, I pray that you deepen those friendships and that there's joy in those friendships. God, we want to put you in the centre today and every day. Be our guide, 
be our strength. And may we see others as you see them, more of you, Lord, and less of us. God, I declare godly men rising in this church to lead and protect as you have called them and purposed them to, for men to lead their families in love and unity and faithfully seeking you as their guide. Lord, that boldness will rise in men in this church and they will be godly fathers to their children and to others. I see spiritual mothers not only nurturing their own children, but others around them. God, I see your wraparound love surrounding broken families. I see your wholeness coming as you pour out love and healing upon those families that nothing will be lacking in Jesus' Name. As life comes against us in so many ways, I see your people standing strong and firm, rooted in your love. You are always faithful, Lord. And I see our eyes and our hopes fixed on you, Jesus. I see your light shining in the darkness as we sit and seek you, silently stilling ourselves in your presence to see your kingdom come, God. We want to be in union with you. And I see capacities growing so that there's always more than enough time and resources to include and bless others. God, we pray for your provision to be poured out into our worlds. God, we thank you for your provision in Jesus' name. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Pastor Danielle. (laughs) Thank you, wonderful generation. I love that in the fullness of your life, you are continuing to battle. You're continuing to fight for Jesus to be at the very centre. So well done. Thank you. You may be seated. Can we thank our generational pastors? If you're in the younger generations and your bottom lip is quivering and you're like, what about me? There'll be some time to pray for you a little bit later. Hey, it was Thursday. I want to take your mind back to Thursday about a month ago. Nondescript kind of day. But I looked back on this day at the end of the week and realised that this, was, this day was a real snapshot. It was a snapshot of the power of generations. In the morning, I met with some pastors from other churches. We met together and we prayed. And it was my first experience in that context. And it was different. And people were quirky. But what I, what I sensed as we were praying together was this brotherhood, this sisterhood, that we were unified around this common cause of Jesus Christ and seeing our city transformed. This beautiful sense of brothers and sisters, people from a similar generation, brothers and sisters that bring encouragement, fun, empathy, alignment, accountability, comfort. I want you to to now think about people in this church community or in the wider body. Who are those types of people for you? For whom do you play the role of a brother or sister to? The names and faces come quickly to your mind. From there, I had a scheduled FaceTime mentoring mentoring catch-up with Pastor Greg French. I love Pastor Greg. He showed showed genuine care. 
He was interested in me and Karen and our family. He gave encouragement. He gave guidance. It was timely and it was fatherly. Pastor Greg's from an older generation than me. He's like a father. Fathers and mothers bring safety and security. Fathers and mothers bring direction and wisdom. They're life givers. They're cheerleaders. I want you to think about people in this church community or the wider body now who are these type of people for you. Who's speaking into our world in all the different realms? And for whom in this church community do you play the role of a spiritual father or mother? What are those names? Who are those faces that come to mind? Later that afternoon, on that beautiful nondescript Thursday, I caught up with a young adult from our church. And we talked about life. We talked about football and relationships and work and spiritual habits. We bantered. We laughed. We prayed together. I encouraged him to take next steps and he was open and he was grateful for my time. Sons and daughters, the next upcoming generation of young men and women who we who are older can listen to, who we can impart wisdom into, who we can pass on our experiences to, as well as receiving their passion and their enthusiasm and also learn some new perspectives, some new words and some new social media trends. I want you to think about people in this church community or the wider body now who are these types of people for you. Whose lives are we speaking into? And who are we asking to speak into our world? Names, faces. And I know I've just asked you a bunch of questions, but my big overriding question this morning for all of us is how can we have greater intentionality in building the church generationally? How can you and I have greater intentionality to building the church generationally? What part can each of us play? Who are the people in our world? Who are the people in this community and in our volunteer team, in our group, sitting on our road? Just look down the road. In our C3 college class, who can we offer something to and who can we learn from? Because we all have something to offer. For someone out there today, that's the only thing that God wants you to hear. You have something to offer. We all have something to offer. And we all have something to learn. 
This isn't an, op- an optional extra. These relationships being built generationally. This is a sacred responsibility. And what can stand in the way for us to be more intentional about building generationally? Well, some of us might think we kind of already know what needs to be known, so we don't really ask for wider perspectives. Or maybe we have this drive in us that we need to prove that we can do it on our own. Or maybe we actually don't think we've got much to offer someone. Or we feel we've got something to offer someone, but we don't know how to communicate that. Or maybe we have kind of chewed around what it would cost to build these deeper relationships and we just don't know whether we're willing to pay it. Timothy Keller writes, and this is going to sting Stings, it stings me every time I read it. Everyone says they want community and friendship. But when that means accountability or commitment, people run the other way. It's true, right? Yeah, we want community. We want friendship. Oh, is that what it means? Ah, can we talk about this? There's no guilt and condemnation coming out, guys. I'm speaking to myself here. But I feel like if we can get this and we can engage with this, we can truly be the church that is set apart from the rest of the world, that sets the example of what it means to be in loving relationships. We could also think that people don't actually really care or we're too busy, or we're too tired. I mean, the list is endless. I could have kept writing (laughs) the reasons why not. But the opportunities still remain. And the responsibility for each one of us doesn't go away. And I believe that there is a pathway. There is a pathway to a richness and a depth of relationship with each other that can lead us into a deeper, richer relationship with God and greater influence in the world. You have what I need. I have what you need. And we can maximise the power of family within this church community with just a little more intentionality where encouragement is flowing, where wisdom is readily asked for and given, where gratitude is heard and shown often. People of the younger generation, find someone older today that you know after the service and and, and go and say thank you. Show some, show, let's show our gratitude. Let's, let's, let's tell someone who's modelled what it means to be a follower of Christ, not for five minutes, but for decades. Thank you for leading the way. Let that gratitude flow at a whole new level and let, let all of this happen founded on humility and love. And so what is our next step? Because these relationships can't be programmed. (laughs) These relationships, they can't be forced, can they? Because that just gets awkward. 
There has to be mutual agreement about them. I don't want any of us walking up to one, someone that we've never met out in the foyer after the service and declaring, I am now your spiritual father. You must bow to me. That is weird. That's not us. That's, that's almost creepy. Can we not do that? Don't, don't, if, if, you've heard, if, you, if you've done that after hearing what I've... Come and speak to me and I can clarify some things. But can we also please not put unrealistic expectations on each other to take the place of our natural families or take the place of God? This is huge. This is where all sorts of dysfunction can take place. Unrealistic expectations will crush. It crushes love. It crushes the beauty of these genuine relationships. So please, let's not place those unrealistic expectations on each other. And so there has to be this level that these relationships kind of grow organically around existing connections. And so who's in our group? Who's in our volunteer team? Who do we enjoy having a chat with from a, a similar generation or a different generation out in the foyer after the service? And so what does another level of intentionality look like in those connections? Holy Spirit, we ask you to give us wisdom. We ask you to highlight the next step to us. And then let's be bold and let's ask the question. We, let's go to someone and say, hey, would you pray for me in, in this area of my life that I'm struggling with? Hey, can you keep me accountable with establishing these good spiritual habits? Hey, would you mind if I, I take you out and buy you a coffee? I want to get some business insights from you. I want to get some parenting advice from you. Would you, would you consider a 10-minute phone call every now and again where we can chat and pray? I've got a lot on my mind. Renew Prayer is on this week. Well, it's not actually on this week. It's on next week, but it's Worship Encounter tonight, 5 p.m. If you love to worship, how good was worship? And, and you kind of feel like, I want more tonight, 5 p.m. Hey, Renew Prayer is on tonight. Do you want to come and we can pray together? We all have something to offer and we all have something to learn. And you and I are His church. One body, individually members of each other, connected as the family of God for mutual benefit. We're going to pray for the other generations right now. And so if we could please have the... The Hawks, the Pritchards and the DeRoses come up. Can we give them a big hand as they come? Some of my favourite people. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, Michaela. Pastor Ben. <laughs> so... Incredible, Tom and Michaela Hawks, who are our young adult pastors, and we have Matt and Susie Pritchard, who are our youth pastors, and the newly minted Ethan and Emily DeRosa, our Life Kids pastors. And so if you're a young adult here, 18 to 25, why don't you stand to your feet? I'm going to pray for you. So good. Look at all these beautiful people. 
Church, why don't you join your faith with me right now? We're going to pray. If you're a young adult, why don't you open your hearts, your hands, if you feel comfortable. Let's pray. God, we thank you for our young adults, Father. We pray that there would be men and women of influence that would rise in this generation, Father, that we would influence the people around us, God. I pray that there would be a desire for holy living, God, pure living, Father, that we would be set apart. And God, I pray that we would not conform, we wouldn't conform to the pattern, the culture, the opinions, that are around us, God, but we would be transformed, transformed by the renewing of our minds, God. Lord, I pray for young adults who prioritise community, who prioritise doing life together, God. And where there is where there is isolation, Father, I pray that we wouldn't, we wouldn't run away from community, God, but we would run to it, Lord. So I pray for unity in our community, God. And it wouldn't be surface level, God, but it would be deep. We would be going deep together on this discipleship journey, God. And I pray that as we gather, that there would be freedom. There would be freedom in our community, freedom in our gatherings, God. And Lord, I pray that we would spur one another on, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I pray that we wouldn't just be a people who put each other down, who look down on each other. But God, I pray that we would show love, we would show kindness, we would show peace, we would stretch out our hands, Lord, that we wouldn't just look to ourselves, God, but we would look up, we would look to the people around us, God. And Lord, I pray for strong disciples made who are compelled by the cross, compelled by your love, compelled by you, Jesus. And Lord, we just pray for dry bones coming alive, God where there are people who feel apathetic, Lord, who feel caught up in in what's going on in their life. Lord, I pray that Your Spirit would come, Your Spirit would come and breathe on us, I pray, God, that You would awaken faith in our hearts, You would awaken love in our hearts, God. And I just pray that Your Kingdom come, Your will be done in us, God, in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thank you, wonderful young adults. Life is confusing for you guys. So many different opinions dressed up as truth that are coming against you. And so thank you so much for continuing to chase after Him, for continuing to pursue truth in love. God is truth. He is your God and He's got you. Keep going. Thank you. Awesome. We're going to now pray for our teenagers, those that are 12 to 17. So there's a few in the room at the moment. Why don't you stand up and we're going to pray right now. The scripture that I've been praying to for many years is Psalm 144 verse 12. And it says this, it says, Make our sons in their prime like sturdy oak trees, our daughters as shapely and bright as fields of wildflowers. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for every single teenager. God, we thank you, Lord, for the young men that you are 
growing and forming, Lord. We pray, Lord, that they would be young men that are like sturdy oak trees, God, that are rooted and grounded in your love, God, that stand the test of time, Lord, with integrity throughout the years, Lord, that they will grow into men, Lord, that have their faith and their eyes fixed firmly on you, Jesus. And so, Lord, God, where the winds of other opinions and pressures and feelings come, we pray that young men will stand tall, Lord, like sturdy oak trees in the name of Jesus for your glory, God. We pray, and Lord, we pray for the young women of this church, Lord. We pray for these teenage girls, Lord, that they would shine bright, Lord, like the wild flowers, God, that they would be set apart for your glory, Lord. And so we pray, Lord, that they would have such a deep security, Lord, in knowing how loved they are by you, Jesus Christ, God. We pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for our teenagers, Lord. We pray, Lord, that they would be standing apart in their schools, Lord. God, that ultimately they'll know the heights, the depths, the widths, and the, the lengths of your love for them, God. And so we thank you, Lord. Pour out your spirit upon our teenagers, yes. Lord. That young men would see visions, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. That their hearts would be set afire for you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon this next generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Matt. Matt's got the, uh, got the anointing, the crying anointing. He's just caught it and it's just really, just, he's really taken a hold of that anointing. Love Matt and Susie's heart for teenagers and thank you wonderful teenagers for the passion, the enthusiasm, the drive, the, the life, the fun. Thanks for almost tearing down this building every Friday night. And, hey, we don't care. We love, we love you teenagers as a part of this church community. Let's give it up for these incredible teenagers. Beautiful. Well, we're going to pray for our littlest members, our 0 to 12 generation. So why don't we all stand and we're going to turn and face the yellow doors, our Life Kids rooms, and join me in faith as we pray this morning. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for these precious gifts, these precious gifts, Lord, that you have entrusted to this spiritual family. Lord, we believe and stand in faith that they will build their lives on the rock and foundation of Jesus Christ. Lord, we believe that we are raising worshippers of Jesus. Lord, that they would be filled with faith from a young age, filled with the Holy Spirit from a young age, that they would know the heart and the love of Jesus Christ from a young age, Lord, that their identity, who they are, will be set from a young age, that they will know that Jesus Christ is their Lord and their Saviour from a young age, Lord. We do not look down on them because they are young, Lord, but we choose to learn from them, from their zeal, their passion, their excitement, their joy for life. Lord, their wonder and awe in you, Lord, their childlike faith, Lord, we choose to learn. So generations ahead, we charge you this morning to reach out a hand, to be spiritual mothers and fathers, to stand in faith, to speak words of encouragement loudly and boldly. Lord, and we trust and believe that these kids are going to reach a hand back. 
be bold in pursuing relationships with the older generations to know that they are loved and cared for in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Can we thank these generational pastors? Amazing. Stay standing, please. We're just going to have a a moment of worship. This week I had this picture not of, of the generations pulling apart, but the Holy Spirit bringing the generations together. And I believe that this is a real unifying moment. We've, we've prayed for each of the generations individually, but I believe that there's nothing better, there's nothing more unifying than singing the name of Jesus together. He's the one who unifies us all. And so I believe that there would be, this would be a really significant unifying moment across the generations as we sing and declare that there is one name that is above every other name and His name is Jesus. And so let's lift our voices and let's worship Him this morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.